This is Learning with Leslie. Hello and welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from Learning with Leslie. learningwithlesley.com. Yeah, that's the website. <laughs> And as usual, I am very excited today. I'm always excited when I'm doing this show, but I'm even more excited when I have special guests on the show. And today is no exception. Today I'm going to be interviewing none other than Erica Douglas. Erica started a web hosting company that she sold at the age of 26 for 1.1 million dollars. Yes, I said million. Um, since then, she has had many people ask her how she was able to accomplish all that she did. So she decided to start a blog where she could show how anyone can become successful. So I brought her on here to talk not just about her success, but about how she did it, what she's currently doing, and to share tips that we can all implement in our businesses. We're going to talk about her goals, what she's doing to accomplish them. And in general, we're just going to talk about growing online businesses because that's what we like to talk about. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Erica, thank you so much for joining me on the call today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, not a problem. Uh, there's so much that I, I want to get into. Um, but you know what? Let's talk about something that I, I just went to your blog and I saw something that's very interesting. And it's something that jumps out at me because it's something that I'm currently dealing with. I see that you went on a 30-day no-email trial. Yes. What was that about and how did it go? Great question. I love that question. So <laughs> I've, been, I've been a little stuck lately, I'll just be honest, mm -hmm. with my blog and my business. And I'm actually going to be writing about this. So I suspect by the time this interview is up, there will be a nice post on erica.biz about this because I'm working on it right now. And I'm really glad you asked that question because it'll help me articulate how I've been feeling lately. Okay. I started a business called Woosh Traffic last year, W-H-O-O-S-H Traffic. Uh -huh. And my co-founder Parnell and I were growing the business and the business is growing really rapidly. And because of that, I've been pretty swamped in just working on the business, hiring mm -hmm. people, making sure that the business is working smoothly for our customers. And I felt like I was getting overwhelmed. The problem was that everything was going into one place. I had all my whoosh traffic business related email and all my customer support requests and lots of sales uh -huh. requests from potential customers, plus PR people emailing me about promoting their latest product on my blog, which uh -huh. is not something I'm really interested in doing, plus blog readers emailing me with questions, which I do like and appreciate, but I need to prioritize the business stuff. Definitely. And in a basically a fit of frustration in getting hundreds of emails every day, and I'm a very aggressive email filterer, so I have... have lots of filters set up for my email, meaning if it comes from a certain person, has a certain subject line, whatever, I prioritize that into several different places. Uh -huh. But it was completely overwhelming. Gotcha. And I felt like I needed to do something pretty drastic because what was happening was potential customers of Woosh Traffic, people who were willing to pay me money, weren't getting responded to because I was getting buried in requests for help from people 
I love doing that stuff, but the problem is that it doesn't pay the bills. Yeah. And that, that was really the biggest, the biggest internal fight I had with myself because here's something I really want to do, which mm-hmm. is help people. And I'm really passionate about that. But the problem was that I was just feeling so stuck because I had so much of it going on. And then my potential customers and my customers of Woosh Traffic were falling by the wayside so that I could do this. And also the PR was just, that was just an incredible amount of noise. Uh Literally 10 to 20 to 30 companies emailing me every day saying, please write about our latest product. Here, check out our latest article. Here, (laughs) check out our latest blog posts. And it's not even lists that I had subscribed to. Uh That's not it. It was literally people some sort of PR companies finding my email address and going, oh, she's you. a popular blogger. <laughs> Let me submit this to her like she's a journalist or like she has uh, somebody who's going to filter through all this stuff and apparently write news-related articles. I mean, a lot of it was simply just uh, so-and-so XYZ, here's their latest press release. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was like so many of those every day. I It, it was just... It was overwhelming to me. So I, I just decided, look, I need to not do email for 30 days. And what my goal was, was to to find systems in all the chaos. Uh-huh. And that was my real goal. And I realized, you know, the way I went about it really irritated some of my blog readers. A, a very small minority, I would say. Uh-huh. You know, I have about 50,000 people a month who read my blog and I got like five complaints. It wasn't it wasn't a lot, That's but not it too was bad. enough to make me think that maybe I hadn't gotten quite about it quite the right way because they felt like, well, you don't want to hear from your blog readers. And that's not it. I do want to hear from my blog readers. The problem was that it was all coming into one place and it was completely overwhelming. And I just had to pull the plug for a little while and regain my sanity. So that 30 day trial commenced in, I think it was May or June. And I, it went through basically August. I, I extended it to 60 days because things were going so well. Oh, wow. So, What I did was to cut down on me responding to email is I set up all of our pre-sales inquiries to go into our support desk. Previously, pre-sales inquiries were going directly to me, which was kind of dumb. This was for Woosh Traffic, not for my blog readers. And pre-sales for Woosh Traffic was going directly to me. Well, that's kind of silly because I don't have to necessarily be the person to answer pre-sales inquiry. And then what I did was I spent a lot of time creating what in our support desk are called autoresponder templates, uh-huh. which is basically where you can click a couple of buttons and it says like, it replies to that person with hi, their first name, you know, thanks for your question about what kind of backlinks do we build? <laughs> and it's, it's just simple autoresponders that our staff can use to respond to potential customers. And I created some autoresponders for existing customers as well. Then what we, what I had our staff do was we had hired an interface designer to redesign our interface for Woosh Traffic. So I started throwing in tickets in our in our internal ticketing system, our development system, for him and started saying things like, okay, this needs to be added to the user interface because we're getting a lot of emails about this. Uh-huh. And it dramatically cut down on our support tickets for our business as well since now the user interface has been updated. Now there's lots of autoresponder things in there that say it for an example if your credit card was expired we have a recurring billing system and one of the most common things was their credit card had expired or they had moved and changed their address and they needed to update their address with us uh-huh. so now it's autoresponder templates if they if they write in and they say i need to change my address with you first of all we've made it 
more obvious in the user interface how to do that. And secondly, we've added the autoresponder template. So if they do email us, then I don't have to be the one to respond to it. Okay, People so it's it's not that you are saying no more email, but you are you are funneling the email into different systems so that other people were dealing with those support requests and all that kind of stuff. What did right. you personally do? Anything at all? Right. So now what I do is I basically get the stuff that nobody else knows how to answer. And that's okay with me for yeah. now. So that's fine because that's probably a tenth of what comes through our support desk. And our support desk volume has been cut in half in a, from a business perspective. So instead of just being overwhelmed with it, I knew that I had to create systems. But in order to create those systems, I needed to take a step back and see what types of emails were coming into my email box. And I had to force myself. It was really an internal thing with me. I had yeah. to force myself to stop looking at that email and, <laughs> and checking it every five minutes. And, and then, oh, look, a new one came in. Oh, PR thing. Oh, remove me from your list. And then I trained. What I did was I had my assistant get into my email box. Since I don't really have anything super personal there, yeah. it's mostly PR, blog, things like that. Personal stuff is, is typically not done through email. I don't really use email for personal things. Mm -hmm. And so I had my assistant log into my inbox, and she started sorting stuff for me. So now she automatically responds every day to all the PR people who've emailed me with, please remove me from your list. She automatically responds to people who have questions with my blog sometimes she'll respond and sometimes she'll she'll email me and the coolest thing that she does is every morning when I wake up she's on the east coast I'm on the west coast so she's a couple of hours ahead of me so by the time I wake up in the morning it's almost afternoon her time so I wake up around 8 or 9 a.m pacific time it's like 11 a.m or noon uh eastern time uh -huh. so she has already in the morning sent me a list of all of the emails that are still remaining in my inbox. Okay. And those are actually people who need a response or something like that. So at this point, my email inbox has calmed down dramatically. I also, another thing that I did after the 30-day trial was up and I was still getting a lot of PR type of emails is I removed my email address from public view on erica.biz and that's also cut down on a lot of email and that, that makes I was a receiving. big difference yeah and i still want people to be able to get in touch with me i still especially want my blog readers to be able to get in touch with me and my blog readers if they receive an email with my new post they can respond to that email and it goes back into my inbox and either susan my assistant or i will respond to those so I'm trying to make it easy for the people who actually want to get in touch with me to get in touch with me, but make it really difficult for people who just want to spam me with a press release exactly. or tell me about their latest product to get in touch with me. So I think I will post this interview on my blog as well because that will help you out and it will also give a little bit of greater explanation as to why I decided to do this. It was born out of frustration. I realized that I irritated a few people and I sincerely apologize for that because that wasn't my intent. However, I needed to do something because it was stretching out to be at least one to two hours of my day responding to email. And I've cut that down now to about... I would say 20 to 30 minutes a day. So that's awesome. a significant 
difference. <laughs> that is a significant difference. And you know, I can understand that because I'm I'm dealing well not as not as big a problem as you had, um, but I am dealing with a similar situation. And just last week, because I, I also run a biology site, and I'm getting a lot of questions. So just last week, I sent out for people that be interested in answering specific questions, and I'm going to be trying to find a to find a way to funnel those questions through those individuals. Because if you do everything yourself, it just takes too much time and and that takes away from the time that you can spend working on your business making it better for the people that actually care about your business it does and you know i've been able to create my entire new product step-by-step business with the time that i've saved from there you go just doing email so instead of responding to people one at a time or you know constantly running through my inbox i've been able to actually create an entire product which is going to help thousands of people and that's way more important to me and i put a whole lot of time into it to try and make it the best product that i can that teaches you how to get started making money online with based on tactics that i know so i'm really excited about that and that is that wouldn't have come out of me unless I had done something about the email because I was so overwhelmed by my email that I wasn't able to focus on creating new products. So I needed to take that space for myself and own it, even if it upset a few people, because I had to have the time in my life to do something really amazing for my blog readers and for my audience. You know, and I'm, I'm so, this was not the, my intention for to start out the interview going so deep into this, but I'm so glad we spoke about this because really, when it comes to productivity, email can be a very big time waster. And I want to make sure that anyone that's listening to this right now really think about this because if you're spending a lot of, and I'm speaking to myself also, mm-hmm. but if you're spending a lot of time focusing on responding to this email and that email, that is time that you're not spending producing content, producing training programs, making videos, recording podcasts, whatever it is you're doing, you're, you're taking time away from that. And yes, it might seem as if you're doing something good for your readers and your subscribers at the moment, but in, with the, if you take the big picture, you're really not doing as much as you could do for them and if you're spending that much time in email. So anyone listening to this, really take this to heart because this is serious stuff. And I'm going to take this to heart and I, I think I'm going to start implementing some of the things that you said that you did uh, because I can see the additional time it'll give me to be more productive. Absolutely. And just to add to that, there are always going to be a few people out there who appear to be superhuman and they <laughs> respond to every email uh-huh. they get. And you might think, well, so-and-so you know, probably gets 20,000 more emails than I do and they take the time to respond to them personally. So shouldn't I do the same thing? Uh And the answer is no, you don't have to be superhuman to be successful. That's really the, the concept that I want everybody to grasp. And you don't need to feel guilty if you don't respond to every email that you receive. Even if it is a personal email, mm-hmm. even if it is somebody saying, hey, I'd really like your help. If you have the time and you would like to respond, by all means, respond. But don't feel like you are obligated to respond to every email. There's no obligation in this world. I don't care how successful you are. It doesn't matter if you're not going to respond to an email from somebody. Like If, if you want to, that's great. But don't feel the obligation. Feel the obligation to help the world in the best way that you know how. And if your time is better served helping the world by writing a book, writing a blog, doing a podcast that will help hundreds or thousands of people, 
versus helping one person, mm. then I think that you should write the blog post or write the book or whatever it is that will help thousands or millions of people versus helping one person. And don't feel like it's it's a bad choice to have to make that. I, I really feel strongly about that. I had to go through that guilt process too. Well, so-and-so, I know he responds to every email he gets and he's a much more popular author, blogger, whatever mm-hmm. than I am. Yeah, but there are... 10,000 people who are more popular authors and bloggers who don't respond to every email personally either. Yeah. So and, and focus I guess it, on go what ahead. helps the most people. <laughs> yeah, and I guess it all depends on your priority because, because I, know, I know some people personally that respond to every email um, because that's a big part of their marketing campaign, and that's fine. But there are a lot of things that I do normally that they don't do, and they outsource those. So right. so that right. works for them, but not necessarily for me and not necessarily for you or someone else that might be listening to this. Somebody might be listening to this and saying, uh, no, I, I'd rather respond to the email and outsource something else. And that's perfectly fine. It's all about finding what is working, what works best for you. Yep, exactly. And and that's important to be to feel that way as well. You don't have to do, I feel, I feel people, this is a larger discussion too. I feel that a lot of people who are just getting started, they look up to people who are blogging and they say that person blogs three times a week. So in order to have a successful blog, I have to blog three times a week. Uh Well, and it's not necessarily true. And it certainly helps your traffic if you blog a lot. But if you blog three times a week and your blog posts are 300 words and they're kind of careless versus blogging once every week or two and your blog posts are thoughtful and considerate and longer and provide more relevance to your audience, Uh then blog once a week or once every other week or however much it suits you. And don't, again, don't feel that obligation or that pressure. Do what works for you. And if your traffic is going up, if your audience is growing, if people are sending you positive feedback, then it's working. And also, I would say along those lines, be patient with it. Uh If you blog, I would rather see you blog consistently every week for two years than to blog three times a week for a month and then give up because you're not an instant millionaire. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Wow. Yes, I, I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, as as someone that does produce training information, um, and I know you do the same thing, too. There's a tendency to say, OK, step one, you do this. Step two, you do that. Step three, you do that. And that is something that I do because, you know, it simplifies the process and it teaches someone, OK, this is a system that works. But I think what we're emphasizing here is although the system might work, it might not work for you. So, you know, right. find what works for you. Thank you so much for going into that. I, I didn't I didn't in, I intend to go that far into that, but that's OK. Um, I think there's a lot of value in that. But you know what? Let me ask this question then. Are there any other things that, any other changes that you've made in your business recently that you find have made a significant difference in what you're trying to accomplish online? Ooh, that's a pretty big question. I, I know it is. <laughs> I mean, what I can if there's tell something you, that's fresh on your mind, if so, fine. If not, we can move on to a different topic. I've got one. Okay. I Here's something that I've been working on a lot lately, and I want to talk about this because I think this is important for business owners. When we first start our businesses, we always go to the people that we know and we trust, and we say, hey, I'm now doing X, Y, and Z. 
and I'd love for you to try out my new product or service or whatever it is that you're offering. And that totally makes sense. And most people will say no, even if they're friends, they probably don't necessarily want what you have to offer and that's okay. And some people will say yes. Yeah. But then there's the step that you have that comes later, which is about where I am now, almost a year into building whoosh traffic. And I've sent an email out to my list about whoosh traffic several times. It's The response has been amazing. I have worked with customers that I've worked with in the past, and I've gotten them to sign on to whoosh traffic. That response has been great. And it's all been going really well. But at some point, you reach a point where you realize that one of two things must happen. Either, number one, you need to build your personal network in order to get more connections who will eventually sign up for your product or service. Uh Or two, you need to find some way that doesn't involve you to get more people to sign up for your product or service. And I realized that you're, you're at this point and maybe it occurs a year into your business maybe it like where it's occurring for me right now maybe it occurs even sooner than that probably depends on the size of your personal network and how sustainable it is and how related your business is to what type of network you've developed and i realized that the only truly scalable way to build your business from this point on is to get people who don't know you personally to sign up. Mm -hmm. In other words, they're swiping their credit card on your website and they don't know who you are. And that's the interesting challenge that I've been tackling right now in the business. And I find this challenge fascinating because it involves what I've been doing. I'll tell you what I've been doing in order to tackle this challenge because a lot, I hear a lot of people say, well, you need to find a scalable way to build your business, except they don't tell you what to do after that. (laughs) You kind of go, oh yes, that's definitely the right thing to do. Find a scalable way to build my business. Okay. Now what? (laughs) (laughs) So I'll tell you what I've been doing and and I don't have any data to tell you whether this works yet or not, but I'll tell you what I've been working on. And I'm, I can come back in six months or a year and we can look at this and I'll come back on your show again. Most and we'll definitely. S- we'll see whether this works. Yeah. The, the, so, hey, you're hearing it fresh as it's happening. And we're going to see where... As it's happening where right it, now. Right. This is live right here. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead. Tell us. So what I've been doing is normally people email us and they say, I have some questions about your service and we email them back and we answer their questions and either they sign up or they don't. And maybe we email back and forth a couple more times. So what I've been doing this time around is I'm saying, can I have your phone number and I'll call you and I'll just talk to you and answer all of your questions there. And and they usually say yes. Okay. Or I ask for their Skype name if they're not in the United States and we can talk on Skype and I can, what I do is I, I say I'm recording the call, either that or I'm taking notes. So if I'm recording the call, I'm letting them know that I'm recording it or else I'm taking notes. Every question that they ask uh-huh. I write down okay. every answer that I have to their question. I write down then at the end of the call, which sometimes can go a ridiculously long amount of time. Like one of them was almost an hour and she decided not to sign up, <laughs> but she gave me every question in the book and I was furiously taking notes while uh-huh. I was talking to this potential customer. So remember, these are people who have not signed up with us and yet, and, and most of them end up saying yes at the end of the call. What I wanted to track down in a scientific way was why am I able to get them to say yes on a phone call, whereas our website is not able to get them to say yes on its own. And so 
in realizing the questions that they have, writing those questions down and writing my answer down, and also having one of my employees listen into the conversation and having his take on the whole situation, I realized that our website contains approximately 1% of the information <laughs> that I deliver on a 30 or 45 minute call with somebody where I'm gotcha. answering all their questions about our service. Uh-huh. And so what I'm doing now is I'm engaging in an epic rewrite of our website that without giving away our secret sauce, which I'm a little bit cautious about giving away publicly, without giving away exactly how we do what we do, I want to talk about the benefits that it provides and add some customer testimonials and answer all of the questions. So the the thing that you've got to get you've got to get to the point if you have an online business of your website selling as well as you do. And it's really, really hard. This uh-huh. is actually one of the, the hardest nuts to crack in terms of building a successful online business. Because if you and I were to chat for an hour about our service and you were in need of more traffic to your website, which is what we offer, and you said, I'm in need of this, by the end of an hour, I would have probably convinced you to fork over $200 to try our service out. Uh I can do that on the phone, but our website can't do it. Mm -hmm. And so that's where you've got to be as an online business owner. And the best way I can see is simply to just take notes, record the calls, have the calls transcribed, tell the potential customer, of course, that you're recording um, for your own internal purposes. You're not going to share this. And then have the calls transcribed, look at the answers that you've given to these customers in text, and then make sure that all of that is on your website. So that way, all of the questions that potential customers have are answered on your website. Now, of course, that's no guarantee that they're going to sign up or that they're going to read your website, Uh (laughs) but at least it's there. And I found that as we've been doing this, we've been adding it piecemeal to the site. We're certainly not done. We've gone from 1% of the information to about 5 to 10% of the information that I would deliver in a 30-minute call. But as we've done that, I was away. I was at Burning Man, an art festival out in the Nevada desert with no internet access for eight days. And we had two new signups during those eight days. And one of those two signups, and this is, keep in mind, for a high-value service, so we're not talking like $5 yeah, or yeah, anything yeah. like that, several hundred dollars for each signup. And one of those p- signups, I had, I had never heard of the person before. So I think it is starting to work. Now, (laughs) the best thing I can do is continue adding information to our website and continue testing to see how many people we can convert from people who just visit our website to people who actually buy stuff from us. So, and that's the trick, but that's my theory. And, and I'm going to flesh this out as, as time goes on and I'll be able to talk a lot more about it in three or six or eight or 12 months when I have more data and I have more recorded conversations. But I think that's the key. You and I, when we build our businesses, we're probably, hopefully, building something that we're extremely passionate about. Yeah. And when we talk about our businesses, all of that passion comes out. It comes and our out voice, easily. We're so excited. Definitely. And the customers are like, here's my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> Take my <laughs> money. Take my money. <laughs> but on our website, it's kind of dull and it's kind of boring. It's kind of like, here is what we do. Bullet yes. point, bullet point, bullet point. These are the features and that we offer. Yeah. And it's so boring and nobody wants to buy from bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. So that's, that's my theory. So I'm working on this right now. That's, we've been in aggressive 
mode over here at Woosh Traffic, trying to translate what I say to potential customers to actual website content. Yeah. And actually, we just launched a couple of new pages on our site yesterday that helped us that we completely revamped from how they looked before. And then after we revamped the page, somebody signed up and paid us money that I didn't know. Well, and it was really go. exciting. So I think it's working. Well, and, we'll you know, see. and you know what? <laughs> this is something that, I mean, it sounds like it takes a lot of work. It does. Um, and it definitely does take a lot of work. But the more you find out, the more you can implement, make your website even better, make it convert better. And it, it's as if, the amount of work that it takes starts going down and down because you're adding in those little elements. You're testing. You you might be doing some split tests to see what's more effective and so on and, and, and just optimizing the page so that the page now starts doing the selling for you right. just as well, almost as well as you would be if you were actually, you know, talking to the person. So that that, that that's awesome. That's good stuff. Okay. So we've spent a significant amount of time talking about those two points, but great. I love it. The high value content. Uh, I wanted to talk about the, this web hosting company that you, you, you built up and you sold at the age of 26 for a, a lot more money than people at that age typically see. Um, so let's, let's do that kind of in the cliff notes version of that. Um, okay. You started this company and it went very well. Summarize that for me. <laughs> I started the company, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> there you six go. Six years later, I sold Oh, so it. it was six years. It was six years, And yeah. those six years, were they easy years? Hey, there's a, a new web company. Hey, it's on the internet. Everything is easy. Is that how it went? <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was how it went. I wish it was just like, well, you know, I sat there, and then I just waited for about six years, and I watched a lot of TV, and then it was successful. Oh, the no, perfect it was business. a whole lot of work, <laughs> and I had to learn so much. It was ridiculous. Okay. But um, what can I say? The lessons I learned the hard way that I hope that nobody else will ever have to learn the hard way. Please take these to heart. That's a good way lesson to do it. Number yeah, one, lesson number one. Hire Go. a good accountant. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> have a good accountant and bookkeeper keep your books up to date know at any given point whether your business is making money or not it seems like a lot of money come will come in the door at one point we were making over eighty thousand dollars a month oh wow in gross revenue and we thought wow we're doing so well except that the business still wasn't profitable oh. a good accountant and bookkeeper would have been able to show me the red flags which almost sunk my business and took it underwater fortunately i was able to um cut costs i had to do it the hard way by laying off staff which again is why i recommend the accountant and the bookkeeper uh -huh. even if they feel like they cost a lot of money now they're going to save you at least that much money later and i don't ever recommend being in the situation that i was in it was the worst day of my life to have <laughs> to lay off employees who imagine. depended on me for their livelihood mm -hmm. and that really sucked and i never want it to have to come down to that so now with whoosh traffic i keep a iron fist on the books. <laughs> gotcha. I make sure that we're making money at any given time. And that's really important. So and it sounds so obvious when you say it on a radio show and people think, ha ha ha, that's so <laughs> obvious, Erica. But <laughs> it's really not. If you don't have a good handle on how much money your business is making. If you can't tell me within five minutes exactly how much money your business made last month and exactly how much money it spent last month, if you have to tally that up from all the different accounts and 
look at a whole bunch of different spreadsheets and stuff. You're doing it wrong, guys. Okay, so point number one. <laughs> I, point number one, I just failed. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's move on to point number two. And I better oh. not fail this one. So make this a good point. <laughs> point number two. Um, oh, there's lots of good ones that I have from hiring your first employee. Okay, I've got a good one here. Okay. So I would say a lot of people say you should look for references when you hire somebody like ask people that you know do you know somebody who does x y and z and that can work out really well but that shouldn't be the only way that you try to hire somebody and i made that mistake a few times where i would just go to my network and say who do you know and somebody would be like oh my sister needs a job and (laughs) then i would end up like hiring their sister and she wasn't very good, but then what do you do? Because you're stuck because it's your other employee's sister and you don't want to piss anybody off. Mm-hmm. And so that was a wake-up call for me as well. Always have multiple ways of finding new people. Even if it seems like the person you're trying to find is really hard. Like right now, we're trying to hire a contractor. Does somebody do a few extra hours of work? But they need to have significant free BSD system administration experience. And that's an extremely niche market so niche that i don't know what it is so yeah Yeah. i I hear you (laughs) there aren't very many people out there who know this stuff and right now my co-founder has been doing a lot of work in this area i want to get him off doing that so i want to hire a contractor and even then i reached out on twitter i reached out on facebook but really where i found the right people was actually typing in freebsd which is what we needed on linkedin going through my connections and hitting up a bunch of first and second connections and saying, here's what we need, X, Y, and Z, typed it all out. Can you do this or do you know somebody who can do this? And that way we got a great recommendation for somebody. And also through Twitter, I got a great recommendation for somebody. And then I got three or four other people that I eventually narrowed down to two. So now we have choices and that's the good thing. Now, do you ever and, use sites like Odesk or Elance or anything like that to get um, people to do work for you? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I love Odesk and Elance. Okay. And Elance is great for article writers and transcriptions. Mm-hmm. That's what I use them for. Although now I have a transcriptionist that I work with her off of Elance. She actually contacted me and said, hey, I do great transcriptions. Can I do one for you for free to prove how awesome I am? And I said, sure. And now I just use her for everything because she's really good. Well, there you uh, go. And um, her name is Karen Kramer, if you want to look her up, K-R-A-I-M-E-R, Karen Kramer. But And I'll just give her a plug because she's awesome, and I've sent her to a lot of people. Awesome. But um, Elance, great for article writers. Odesk is great for, oh gosh, we do lots of different stuff on Odesk. Oh, I love Odesk. Audio editing mm-hmm. is my biggest thing on Odesk. And video editing, actually. I do Camtasia videos. Okay. You know, we're screencasts for my new step-by-step business product. It's all screencast videos. Okay. So I have a great editor that I use via Odesk, and he's amazing. It charges like $4 an hour. He lives in the oh, Philippines. Nice. $4, $4 an hour in the Philippines is a pretty darn That's good That's a lot wage. of money there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like middle class, good wage, and he works a lot of hours. He's a full-time freelancer on Odesk. So yeah. he does audio and video editing. That's probably the biggest one I use on Odesk. We don't have any of our employees at Woosh Traffic through Odesk yeah. or anything like that. All of our employees are our employees. We pay them ourselves. So, But we have found people in the past through Otis that we've later hired full-time for ourselves. I don't think we have any of those right now, but okay. I, have, I have done that in the past. So, yeah, I recommend those sites as well. Just always leave your options open. 
make sure that you interview multiple people for the job. Even if you think you know who you want to hire, always make sure to interview at least two or three different people. I know, again, it seems like such common sense This almost seems ridiculous, but these are actual mistakes that I made in the past. And I really want to make sure that nobody else makes those mistakes. Don't just, and don't hire, don't ever hire somebody because you feel bad for them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> don't, don't, don't listen to the sob stories of, Oh my God, I don't have a job. I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my car. Everything is doom and gloom. And I tell you, I hate to say it. I really do because I want to see people succeed as much as anybody else. But those people, for whatever reason, those problems just keep showing up for them. And yeah. And I find that those people, unfortunately, the ones who always love to, to complain about how much of a victim they are, they end up missing work and then they always have the best excuses. Oh, my car broke down and I can't afford to get it fixed and I can't make it to work. This is, of course, five minutes before you need them to be at work. Yeah. Or, or they just don't show up. And so be careful with who you hire. Don't hire somebody because you feel bad. Don't let them play on your emotions. Again, I hope this is common sense, but I tell you, you make that mistake once and you just want to shoot yourself because you. you'll never hear the end of it from them at the office. Oh, oh my creditors are calling again. Oh, the electric company is going to cut. Can I have my paycheck early this week? Cause the electric company is going to cut off my bill. And you're thinking they're like smoking cigarettes while they're doing this. Oh, I literally had man. an employee that did that. I, she went out to Starbucks every day and got a coffee, and she smoked chain-smoked cigarettes. Fortunately, we didn't let her smoke in the office, but she was always taking cigarette breaks, and then she was always complaining that she had no money. And I was like, if you take the money that you have at Starbucks <laughs> and cigarettes and you add that up, that's your That's a lot bill. of money. <laughs> All right, good. Okay, so let, let, let's move on now. We need to move on. I went to, your, uh, went to your blog, went to your About page, and I saw your personal goals. I'm going to read those personal goals. Okay. Uh, to make $10,000 a month from writing, to mm -hmm. build a $1 million per year passive income business by the time you are 30. How old are you by now? Right now? <laughs> I just turned 30. Okay. <laughs> well, did we reach our goal? Um, no, it's not a million dollars a year yet, but whoosh traffic is getting there pretty fast. Okay. So, and, and it's not quite passive yet, but it will be. So Okay, we're but we're, we're heading in that direction. I feel like I have a solid foundation on which to build a million-dollar business at this point. Awesome. So, yeah. That sounds good. Um, next goal was travel the world. The next goal is build awareness of and cure celiac disease. Mm -hmm. And the last goal was leave the world a better place than it was before I lived here. Yep. You know, the first three goals sound like uh, the typical goals that I hear regardless of who you, which blog you go to. But mm -hmm. the, I want to focus a little bit on the next two. Now, build awareness of and cure celiac disease. Can you tell me a little, a little bit about that and why that's one of your goals? Sure. Well, I was diagnosed with gluten intolerance and celiac disease in 2009 after I was really sick for months on end and they couldn't figure out what was wrong. And I was sick and tired all the time. Like every time I would eat, I would feel exhausted. I just not even tired just to the point where I didn't even want to get out of bed. I just, I slept a lot. I slept like 15 hours a day. And uh -huh. finally my boyfriend at the time and my friends were saying like, Erica, this is really not, this is not good. You need to find a doctor and figure out what's going on. And so I went, I'm, my intuition told me it had something to do with food. I asked for referrals and I ended up with a nutritionist who helped me figure out that it was gluten intolerance or celiac disease. I didn't have insurance at the time, so I haven't had the stomach biopsy to see which one it is. Uh -huh. um, my symptoms were severe enough that I think it's more on the celiac side of things, although this line is kind of blurry. Uh -huh. So 
I would. I don't eat anything with gluten in it. And that's a lot of stuff. It is. It's anything with wheat, barley, rye. Yeah. So that's like anything with bread or beer, <laughs> soy sauce. <laughs> so there's a lot of different stuff. Uh-huh. And then oats. Most oats have gluten in them as well, unless they're certified gluten-free oats. So yes, it's a very different diet. My current boyfriend is also on a gluten-free diet, and he feels a lot better being gluten-free as well. Yeah. He's taken the test as well and has gluten intolerance, but his doesn't seem to be as severe as mine. So, And I'm also working on healing myself, and I really, I really believe that this is a disease that can be healed or at, at the very least helped out a lot with probiotics and enzymes mm-hmm. and lots of healthy gut nutrition. So it's a it's a symptom of an unhealthy gut and all those bacteria and good things that live in your gut were wiped out. And it seems to be at this point a lot of people have a consensus that it was a large amount of antibiotics that we've been taking as a society that wipe out all the beneficial gut uh-huh. bacteria and then we actually wipe out a lot of the gut bacteria that can help us digest things like wheat which is actually very hard to digest. So that's like the first thing that goes. And a lot of people with uh, celiac disease or gluten intolerance also have a dairy intolerance. Mm. So I try to stay away from dairy as well. I still eat cheese, but I don't eat, I don't drink milk. So that is, that is the basic summary of it. I encourage if you feel tired all the time, or if you have a lot of gastrointestinal symptoms after you eat to get tested, I don't say cut out gluten because what you want to do is get tested and make sure that it is gluten and or dairy that's causing the issues. But it, it does seem to cure a lot of – going gluten-free and dairy-free does seem to cure a lot of gastrointestinal digestive issues. So okay. that's uh, my piece on that. I, I see. It's it's actually a little close to home because my wife deals with something that's similar and then she's had to um, – she's had she's done a whole bunch of different diets. No gluten and uh, no uh, no dairy, no – a whole bunch of stuff. And then she started taking probiotics and that's helped a lot. So, you know, I, I, I can understand – I definitely can understand the challenge that um, that brings. Now, is that a big reason why you're doing what you're doing online? I would say it's a big – it's a well. <laughs> I'm about to make a big announcement in that area oh. of what I'm going to be working on online. But it is, I would say, going gluten free and generally raising more awareness about the fact that gut bacteria are one of the most important things that you can have in your body, and that large courses of antibiotics actually kill that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And the benefits of going gluten free and or dairy free, even if you don't necessarily have celiac disease, um, I think yes. That is a huge part of who I am at this point. And I feel so much better in my life that it is not, I just have to say this, it is not right to feel tired and or sick after you eat. After you eat, you should feel better because you're full. And I lived so many years of my life thinking that it was normal to feel sick or tired after I ate. And I think there are so many people, they're self-medicating with things like caffeine. They laugh it off with words like food coma, which have, if you talk to any American, they understand what a food coma is. They're not aware of the fact, and they think it's because of greasy food or or ridiculous high-calorie food. It's actually mostly wheat Uh that causes the quote-unquote food coma. And it doesn't have to happen that way. You you can eat and your body will feel better after you eat. And that's the word that I really want to spread. Awesome. 
Awesome. Now, the last point, the last goal was to leave the world a better place than it was before you lived. Mm-hmm. How how do you feel that you are accomplishing that? In, this is something that I, I, I emphasize a lot because, you know, a lot of people get into online businesses and it's all about making money. I want to make this amount of money. I want to make that amount of money. So this is why I am building my business. And I try to emphasize to people that it's not just about making money. It's about changing the world. And now that we have the internet and all the different technologies that we have, it's easier to do today than ever. You start a blog, you spread your message and and you help people. Um, so I'm I'm so glad to see that as one of your goals. But how are you how do you think you're doing that in what you're doing? My goal is simply to help more people become more successful with their businesses and, and happier. I, I think it's really fun to run your own business. It's challenging for yeah. sure. I mean, you definitely listened to me earlier talk about how I am trying to figure out how to make our website sell as well as I do. I mean, that's the current challenge. And in a month or two, it'll be something totally new and different. But that's also the exciting thing about running a business is the risk and the challenge are are difficult to get through. But then once you get through them, you feel like you've accomplished something. And that that to me, I want I want people to have a feeling of accomplishment around their lives. And that's what's so important to me. And running your own business can give you a sense of accomplishment that no job could ever give you. It's the fact that you did it. You did it yourself. You created a market. People are buying things from you because you offer something that either nobody else offered or nobody else did as well as you did. It's likely that your business is going to be in a category where there are lots of other business. Uh But the fact is that the world needs you because you provide something better, something more meaningful, a better experience than everybody else who's in that market. And if you truly believe that, then you will be successful as an entrepreneur. And and you said better, and that's definitely the case. But it all it also could be that you just do it a little different mm-hmm. than everybody else do it. Right. Um, exactly. So so that's also a way that um, you can really accomplish a lot. You know, before we're gonna kind of wrap this thing up, but we gotta give the shameless self promotion. Um, what's going on with you right now? I know you're working on a product. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. I'm working on a product that should be out within the next few weeks. So check erica.biz and sign up for my free blog, Success Manifesto, and I'll be the first to notify you when it's launched. It's called Step by Step Business, and it's a brand new product that I'm creating designed to help you get started making money online in a legitimate way. I'm so, this is, this is a great example of doing it better than everyone else. I've been asked to promote literally hundreds of products over the past year and very, very few of them passed my sniff test to promote, (laughs) meaning Uh they actually work and they can actually be used by non-technical people to start their own business. Well, in developing Woosh Traffic and several other niche sites of mine that make money, I've figured out a few ways that people can people who are not technical, people who don't have a lot of internet business experience can start their own business. And I'm using both my mistakes and my successes along the way as examples in the course. And the the whole goal with step-by-step business is, of course, designed to be a step-by-step method to creating your successful business online. So feel free to check it out at erica.biz, and then I'll be launching it here pretty soon, and I'm really excited about it. I've put so many hours into developing the course, and I think it's really going to be a winner. Yeah, and I want to just let everyone know 
definitely go and check out the blog, erica.biz. Um, you can sign up and get her free blog, Success Manifesto. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that manifesto? Sure. It's a 62-page ebook designed to help you grow your blog. And a lot of these tech tactics can also be applied to any website as well and it's designed to help you grow your blog or website faster than you ever have before so it's it's lots of tips designed to help you get more traffic to your site and I get a whole lot of emails from people going wow you know I've downloaded a lot of free ebooks and they've mostly been garbage but this one is really legitimate and has really helped me I put again a lot of hours into that ebook as well and it's it's well designed it's fun to read and it should give you some new tips that you probably hadn't thought of on developing your site or your blog and most of the people that listen to this podcast they are bloggers so i would definitely recommend for them to go over and check that out now you keep mentioning uh whoosh traffic give a little plug for that i want to know what that's about <laughs> sure so whoosh traffic is w-h-o-o-s-h traffic.com and that's my business along with my co-founder parnell and several employees and what we do is we help you get more traffic to your website, plain and simple. And we do that by search engine optimization. When you sign up for a service with us, even if you just sign up for our starter package and you decide to have engage us in getting more traffic to your site, then I will do a free 30-minute one-on-one consult with you, helping you with your site, helping you get it designed to get more traffic to it. So there's some tricks there that you'll want to do in terms of optimizing your website in order to help you get more search engine traffic. So we work with a lot of small businesses, internet marketers, bloggers. We'd love to help you out as well. So that's at whooshtraffic.com. And we also have a product called our Rank Tracker. So if you're busy typing in your uh, keywords into Google to look for where your site is on Google, don't do that anymore. We'll email you your Google rankings every day and we do have a free lifetime package on that. So Ooh. definitely check that out. I like that That's... because I, I check my rankings a little too much. <laughs> yes. Well, please sign up for our rank tracker and let, let me know how you like it. It's our it's our new product. And I'm really excited about that. We have a lot of paying customers for that. But we also have a lot of free customers. Yeah. And I just love to hear everybody's feedback on that. I'd love to hear your feedback. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Erica, for coming on here and spending some time with me, sharing all this stuff that you've shared is a lot of value, and I definitely appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, guys, I want to invite you to check out her website, erica.biz. Um, that's her main blog where she talks, she teaches you how to build an inspired, successful business. There's a lot going on there. I'm just looking at the blog right now. I see the most recent blog post, 56 comments, 326 comments, 87 comments. People are responding to the stuff that she is posting. And I know if you go over there, you will respond well to it. So head on over to erica.biz and from there you can check out everything else that she has to offer. Stay tuned um, for the step-by-step business product that she has coming out. And um, you know what? When you check it out, let me know what you think also and let her know what you think about it. As usual, I want to invite you to come back to the website at learningwithlesley.com and you can get more of these types of podcasts, the interviews, and also you can keep track of the reality show that we're just starting you can subscribe to us on itunes leslie on itunes.com so check it out there until the next time take care and god bless
three, five, two, four.